The following podcast is rated AL for annoyingly long. Listener discretion is advised for those who can't possibly bear to listen to 20 minutes of one person talking. Thank you. Alright, so I'm, um, I'm listening to the, the credits for, um, Evita. And, um, not really sure what to think. So, um, welcome to this episode of Chris Unscripted. And, yeah, I'm doing another musical, so, cool. So, um, hmm, I'm not really sure how to phrase this, or really talk about this. It's quite hard to articulate your thoughts after the movie, but unlike South Pacific, which I took a six-hour break to do other things before recording the podcast, um, I wasn't sure what to say about it as much as I think I can now, but I'm going to limit myself to a... um a five-minute rant about this because I probably should talk about other things <laughs> besides musicals. Spoiler alert, I go for twice as long. <laughs> but, um, I think... So I watched so I watched the movie version of Evita, not the musical. Um, Mad- starring Madonna, um, Tanya Banderas, Jonathan Price. Now, one thing I really liked about the movie was the was of course the music but in the way that they transferred because i've never um seen i've never seen the um the musical version so i don't really have i don't really know how it was um what's the word it was it was i don't know how the music was manipulated in the stage version because i know there was a concept album and they turned it into a musical then they turned it into a movie and such but the orchestrations here are just, mm, it's, it's just like a je ne sais quoi. It's, they're, they're equally powerful, moving, but also complex. Um, and they're able to use the musical material in the songs so expertly, just so, um, just, and even, I don't even understand the musical motifs or um, things behind it. I haven't got, gone through it yet. And um, I'm not sure if I want to go through it because it, there are so many musical ideas and um, and um, things at play um, <clears throat> in this musical that I just don't understand. Um, not yet, anyway. Um, so many themes. I don't know. Sometimes I don't know what they represent. But like an, an initial viewing. Um, this is the first time, by the way, I watched this. Um, an initial viewing. Um, it really impacts um, the way that you see certain situations when certain music plays. Like, for example, they might have a musical motif that appears at the start um, of the of the movie. Um, Avita, the main character, might sing a um, a line with a certain um, musical um, uh, what's the word like um, like a musical motif, a musical phrase like a musical line, like a, mel- a melody, yeah, essentially. And you see as the music progresses, uh, sorry, as the movie progresses and the story progresses, you see the evolution of that and how the music impacts the story. I'm a real big fan of that. I really like it when um, 
musicals do that kind of thing and like just just um just the thematic recontextualization of um of stuff like that that's just that's just cool it really not just blows my mind but um it also makes the story so much more powerful um other things i surprisingly liked about it was that the actors were pretty good singers i mean they had madonna and antonia banderas there but like for a um for a, a for a um a movie a movie musical like where they cast big name actors they were pretty like pretty pretty solid singers and even madonna who is like who i know is a pop star and um i don't know don't know much about her other than that but even she like she was like even though she didn't go to the heights as most Broadway performers had, she really did a solid number on the um, on the music and the performance, um, and her and her acting was really like really compelling. It was really um, how can I say it? Like you could really tell she put her heart and her soul into just immersing herself into this role of Eva Peron, and um, yeah. Um, Daniel Bandera, Banderas, um, I, what, what can I say about him? Uh, his pronunciation wasn't, was a little bit hard to understand. That's why I watched it with subtitles. <laughs> sorry. But, uh, all the same, he was, he, like Madonna, um, he, he just kind of went, ran with the role. And even though there were times when I would, um, give, when I would give them, uh, well, not really give them, but, when I would um, see uh, the musical flaws or the things I didn't like about it, their style, they still brought with it that energy and that um, and that and that power they have with their voices. Um, it's compelling. Like you can really um, feel it through um, their acting and their singing and their actions. It's just it just completes it. It's cool. It's really cool that they have these big name actors who are. Double threats, triple threats. I don't know. There's not that much. There's a lot of dancing in the movie, but it's yeah, it's it's really cool. Another thing I really liked about this movie is okay. So I talked about the music and the themes and everything, but just the music itself is a banger. Latin music. Um, I'm a I'm I'm really into jazz and classical music, and so anything with complexity just is like oh. And here it's just like multiple time signatures, in like uh, Latin instruments, like uh, um, like just, it's just funky, it's rhythmical, it's really really awesome to listen to. I just mm, the music is spot on, and um, even if it's really unusual and complex, um, Lloyd Webber makes it makes um, these themes. So catchy to hum to and listen, listen to and sing along with, and um and because of the repetitiveness, they just get in your head and they just um and you it's I know that some of the songs in this music aren't gonna be as memorable to me, but um and you know culture has done a number with it with Evita by like only including Don't Cry for Me Argentina and literally every Broadway um. Um, album, but <clears throat> nonetheless, ooh, I've been talking for seven minutes. <laughs> nonetheless, it's still. 
compelling to hear the music with the witty and catchy words. The words, oh my, my goodness. Sometimes I don't even understand what it's trying to say. And my one of the biggest misgivings of this movie is that it it just I didn't understand half of what was going on. Uh, it wasn't exactly a tone change for me. Um, there were lots of things that there, there's one thing that happens, and then something completely different happens, and it um, and it's not a plot twist or anything, but it just changes the mood, the tone really quickly, really fast, and the lyrics um didn't exactly help with that because I mean I know it was a concept album, and they had to put dialogue in, so it would make audiences understand um the story better and what was happening but nonetheless it was really really hard to understand what was happening in the politics in um like like the perspectives of the people because like there were like it was just exposition through and through and through and um so many so much subtext so much subtext that i don't know about and i don't understand because it's just that and like there's just so much packed into the history um of this of the of the lyrics and the musical that i just don't understand it it's hard um yeah and also i've heard that this musical um has a lot of creative liberty with the um with the life of eva peron and so i'm not i'm not gonna give it that much thought but still it was kind of confusing to follow the um, like the character of the people, the character of the government, and the perspectives of the main characters, because the music was going in different directions. It was, and the lyrics were just this and that. And that. They were just trying to insert a lot of plot-heavy stuff that, like, really quickly that I just couldn't comprehend. Other than that, it was better than South Pacific by a mile by a mile i think there are a lot of things that probably could be improved on like this like um i guess how they told the story and interpreted the story but it was good i liked it like south pacific as well but there were two different movies but i just like this because of its complex music i've been talking for 10 minutes Heh, I got five minutes to talk about something else. Five minutes? Uh, no, I don't really think so. Okay, so it's been, uh, how many days? It's Thursday now, right? I want, I finished Evita on Tuesday. Yep. Okay, so it's been around two days now since I did that podcast. Sorry, but I was a bit quiet over there. Um, it was... It was a little bit harrowing, to say the least. But no more of you to talk. So once again, I don't know what to talk about. I guess this happens a lot in conversation. You might be talking to another person, um, maybe talking about your favorite movie, or the what you did last Sunday, and then there's a strange, um, a strange silence, and no one talks for that period of time 
until someone asks another question, and then maybe the conversation might keep going again. But usually, some like in my experience anyway, either the person will ask another question, or I'm gonna have to ask another question, or we just awkwardly look away or like walk away. <laughs> it's um, it's not a very good phenomenon, but it's just so interesting. Um, some people just have it. Some people can just keep going on and on and on and on. I think as a person, um, even though I could initiate questions and conversations, it's so much more comfortable if I ask a question and then if the other person asks a question and then if they ask a question and I answer and then I ask and they ask and it's just a flowing conversation because usually if you're asking questions and one other person answers but you don't answer any questions, and then you start um, to answer how you um, how you would have answered your own question. It sounds to me it would just sound kind of awkward. Um, it would just be weird, you know. Um, you know, just you ask, um, "Oh, hey, how was your weekend?" And they say, "Oh, my weekend was great. I did this and this, 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 and that." And then they don't ask you how your weekend was. So you ask another question, oh, uh, and and it goes on and on and on and on and on. Um, it's very tiring, I guess, to c- continue on a conversation like that. It can get very tiring because you're gonna because I feel like I feel like I'm an introvert, maybe in between, maybe an ambivert. Sometimes I get fueled up by people, but if I have too much people, I'm gonna have to recede back and just spend some time on my own. I'll have to go back to people and then on my own, go back to people on my own. Uh, I get informate I I gain energy differently in different situations. And that could spark the whole, um, oh, what personality type are you, Chris? I mean, there was this one moment in the seventh grade where I was really into personality types. And I'm still kind of into personality types. But um, I wouldn't say that I know or I've schooled myself in the in the whole internet culture of personality types such as MBTI or um, Enneagrams or the big five. I mean, I've gone and done those tests and yes, I've been to BuzzFeed as well on <laughs> those um, embarrassingly. But um, to be honest, it it feels like they're is nothing else for me to be gained by reading up on or um, researching about types. Because as I got older, and as I read a little bit more about it, um, types are generalized types. So, I mean, if you're not really familiar with the whole world of personality tests and personality types and the whole pseudoscience behind that, um, Sorry, sorry. It's a little bit hard to get your head around, but some people um, use letters to represent what their type is. If you're an introvert, if you are intuitive, if you um, <clears throat> if you try and think thing think think things through instead of feeling with each decision, you might be an I N F. And then there's another one that I don't know. Okay, so I'm, so I'm an INFP, because which means I am introverted. 
I um, use my intuition to make my decisions. I also use my feeling to do something. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I don't really know. And then there's this thing called prospecting. I, I just, I don't understand it. Uh, but essentially, um, apparently I'm a dreamer type and I am idealistic about things and I wonder about things and I'm kind of in my own world sometimes. And and like the thing about these type, the types are that sometimes it applies to you and sometimes it's not. The first time you do it, you're like, wow, this is so accurate. Like, this is really me. Like, really, really me. And then, um, I mean, I guess with experience, it you come to realize that you don't fit in that box, that perfect box anymore because you've grown more than you thought, than you, than you were out of what you were like five years ago or three years ago or two years ago. And so I feel like while the, those personality types have a lot of benefit to them, it is, it only, you will only understand, I think you only, the only thing you can get out of them is that you understand the base of who you, of who you are, that sometimes, that you're sometimes intuitive you sometimes use your gut rather than um, your um, than the things around you to make a decision, stuff like that. Because I don't really fit perfectly into that little INFP box, and there are stuff like ESTJs and ISTPs. For, this is MBTI, by the way. There's also stuff like Enneagrams, where you can be like one W E or whatever. I, I don't really want to get into it now, but essentially, I am. Pretty, I pretty much kind of let go of trying to figure out who I am based on my personality type because I don't fit into it. I can't define myself by a, a string of letters. It's, I guess it's, um, I guess I don't want to take the time to, and I feel like it's more organic instead of researching about who I am. It would be better to experience who I am or to get or to make myself better as a person each day. And so I'm not going to try and match that that standard. I'm not going to wake up and say, oh, Chris, so you're going to be introverted today. You're going to make decisions off the bat today. You're going to be prospecting today, whatever that means. <laughs> you're going to, or like um, an ISTJ is not going to be, you're going to be introverted today, you're going to be sensing today, you're going to be thinking today, and you're going to be judging today. I mean, if you really if you really want to do it, then you can look it up, but I'm not too plussed about it. Um, it's just not a thing anymore. Goodbye. No, no more flirting around with MBTI types anymore. Except for character, character um, charts. They're, they're pretty fun. Like, I think I got Luke Skywalker once. That's pretty cool. Who else did I get? I got the I got like the Phantom of the Opera. That's like a, a villain type. Eh, whatever. I only get type. I only get types that are part of pop culture anyway. So, I've been talking for so 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 long, like really really long, and it feels like I grow as I keep recording. I get. Longer episodes and longer episodes and longer episodes. I promise I'll put a cap on it, really. Um, but I feel like 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes should be around this time. And so if I'm going back to editing this, it will probably be around the 17 minute mark if I wanted to. Man, I keep breaking my own rules.
Um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to me at two different times. One about Avida and one about personality types and conversations, apparently. <laughs> so um, if you really do like listening to my voice and listening to me just talk about whatever I feel like, then please press the follow button, press the subscribe button, press any button that is there, whether you're listening on Spotify or on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. I don't even know if it's all Apple Podcasts. Uh, anyway, whatever you do, please support me if you like what you listen to. And also um, keep, keep a lookout for any future podcasts if you like that. You can follow my Instagram at Chris underscore Apostle, or if you're a Twitter kind of person, you can follow me um, at it's underscore only underscore Chris. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. And they're all capitals, by the way. And um, there's no um, apostrophe at it's. Um, I don't do Twitter that much, but when I do, when I feel like it, um, I'll, I'll do something on there. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to me. If you're interested, please check out all the music, movies, and musicals I discuss on this channel. It just adds to your musical vocabulary, and um, I've been talking too much, so see you guys later!